Hello, hey, hi, greetings. Welcome to another episode of Speaking of Signify. I am your host. My name is Ryan Miller. And we've got a real... I was trying to think of how to describe this episode, and I think there's no other way to describe it other than it is a doozy. That's right, a doozy. And that's because this episode is a little bit different. We've gone a little bit off-piste a couple of times this season with episodes that stray from our normal one-on-one interview conversation format. And in this episode, I speak to Robert Sloten. In addition to being just a really great guy, Robert is a program manager in our sustainability department tasked with delivering a little something called Project Poseidon, which is our journey to zero plastics. What makes this episode different is Robert and I will be having a chat, but he will also play clips from his conversations that he had with other people involved in this project. You know what? I don't think I'm going to say anything else. I'm just going to get right to it. So let's go to my conversation with Robert Sloten, and he'll be playing some clips, so you'll get to hear a few different people involved in the chat. Let's go there now. Robert, why don't you introduce yourself and uh, tell us also your job title and what you do? Thank you, Ryan. So I'm uh, Robert Sloten. I work in Signify's sustainability team as program manager and specifically our program for plastic-free consumer packaging. So Signify has set the uh, target to eliminate plastic from its consumer packaging by the end of this year, 2021. And I'm centrally managing all activities to make sure we get there. Robert, before we get too deep into mm-hmm. what that entails, and I know you've you've brought some clips of conversations you've had with other people who are involved, there's something about this project that I find quite exciting that maybe people outside of Signify don't know, and that is that it has a code name. Poseidon. Poseidon. Now, Poseidon is the king of the deep, yeah? The, the ocean god. Can you tell us a little bit about why this project is called or was called Project Poseidon? The whole thing started with our CEO, amongst other colleagues, but definitely also our CEO, being very passionate about doing something with or against all the things we hear in the news about plastic pollution in our oceans and microplastics here and there, etc. So really, uh, when we started the project, and every project deserves a cool code name, of course, uh, we, we started brainstorming and yeah, what better name than to uh, to give a project like this than the protector of the oceans or, or the god of the oceans, as you say, because that's sort of what uh, ignited the spark to be doing this. That makes a lot of sense. And like I said, is a really cool code name. Now, can you talk a little bit more about why there was the urgency around this uh, guardian of the of the ocean and, and the relationship between plastic packaging and ocean health? Well, it's, I think, not, not a secret. Uh, you, you see this here everywhere on the internet, media, whatever, uh, that our environments is struggling with all the plastic pollution that we put into it. Um, there's quite shocking facts, something like a garbage truck of 
plastic being dumped into the ocean every second or every minute, whatever, it's, it's way too much anyway, every second or any minute. Just at a, at a larger scale, our use of plastic is far from perfect. Plastic is a really nice material, really handy, really cheap, etc. But the way we deal with it, certainly after we've used it, is not great. Globally, under 10% of all the plastic used is being recycled. So that means that the rest is either burned or landfilled, or even worse, not handled properly and ending up in our environment. So that has sparked... I said public discussion, a uh, public frustration, I think. People are going on social media saying, hey, company X, Y or Z, why are you still using plastic? And frankly, we also had customers, consumers calling us out on Twitter and whatever about the use of our plastic packaging, not only because of the plastic, because, but also, funnily enough, because they found it so terrible to open, etc. So uh, two birds, one stone, let's say, uh, get rid of the plastic and make it better, basically. There's lots of reasons to take this action or to, to initiate this process. And I think you've got, a, you've got a clip from Rowena Lee, our digital products division leader. It does not come as any surprise that it is a very natural decision, easily agreed among you know, the leadership team, because the quest for sustainability is not a new agenda within Signify. Right. We have been always pride ourselves to be the leader in Dow Jones on the sustainability requirements uh, and uh, index. Huh? And also at the same time, when we are talking more and more to become customer centric, what we've heard also from the customers is increasingly consumers are demanding you know, companies to not only talk about, but also act upon on sustainability. And therefore, we see that going into a no plastic packaging, it's obviously an easy choice because it is it fits exactly also the customer's uh, expectation that they prefer to have less waste or less non-recyclable waste, you know, in the, in the environment. Uh, and these customers, I mean the consumers, huh? and, and that becomes very, very natural. So we discussed that, you know, do we want to do what is the uh, implication on the on the cost of the products, obviously, obviously this is always something that we are we are, we concern not to ensure we, we stay competitive. But we see the benefit actually are much larger than potentially you know any cost incurred. And to be absolutely honest, throughout the projects as well, we realize the benefit is not only about able to answer in the sustainability, but also help us to address the cost as well. So therefore, it's come very very natural among the the leadership team to go into yes we go yes we go. Yes, we go. And there's also another piece of this, which can you introduce Elena to us? Yes, Elena is our commercial leader for consumer in the United States. And uh, she, she's been a champion uh, throughout for this project. She really took uh, Plastic Free to Heart and has been uh, supporting in the U.S., markets about how how we can merge her vision for uh, the consumer product proposition in the US together with plastic free packaging. Sustainability is is not really a new topic in our country. In fact, um, it is it is sustained um, you know importance through through multiple generations. I think you know Boomers and Gen X recognize the the impact that they've had on the world and and really want to bring 
a better world for their children. So there's a, a heightened a heightened sense of awareness about the future. I think when you look at the current cultural zeitgeist, um, millennials and specifically Gen Z are much more conscious of the world, right? Much more conscious of their footprint and the generations before them. And they specifically seek out brands that have sustainability at their core. They specifically look for products that um, you know, are recycled, reused, um, and actually um, uh, turn away products or brands that have sort of single waste plastic uh, solutions. You see that in multiple fast moving goods, um, typically, I mean, most notably, excuse me, is uh, bottled water. So a lot of brands are going to cardboard boxes. I mean, there's just, there's just a ton of examples in the marketplace today um, that are are embracing sustainability as a core value of the organization, and then bringing those that innovation to bear, so that consumers um, have choices. To me, it seems really clear that everyone's in favor of this from the leadership on down. Consumers want it, and it's probably a really straightforward process. So that's that's it. So we're done. Thank you very much for coming. Yeah. <laughs> do I, ha- do I have it, do I understand that correctly? If only it were a straightforward process. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so no, I, uh, of course, there's a, Signify is a, is a global company, 37,000 employees in 74 countries, uh, lots of different products, lots of different brands as par- that are part of the Signify family. So probably quite a, a, a complicated and complex undertaking. Can you tell us a little bit about how that how that went? Yeah, so there's dozens and dozens of colleagues involved with this. Uh, departments from procurement, supply chain, packaging engineering, but also we just heard Alina, she's in the sales organization in the in the country's project leader. So it's really not an easy feat, but I think we've really done great. So within all of the involved divisions. We still have our conventional products. We have the Hue connected products. We have the digital consumer products, LED lamps. Uh, they have all appointed dedicated project management teams and they really, uh, the project leaders there really have been a driving force. I want to recognize them as absolutely critical to these, to, to these activities, to this project and our packaging competence center has been fantastic. So it's really coming together uh, in all functions involved in deploying something that's seemingly easy as packaging, but through this project, I've really found respect for packaging. I'll never take that for granted anymore. I'm glad you've developed this, a newfound appreciation for packaging and probably also an, an appreciation for our Packaging Competence Center, which you referred to earlier. Can we hear from the Packaging Competence Center? Definitely. We have a new head of the Packaging Competence Center, Valentina. In short, you could say that we develop packaging solutions for lamps, uh, luminaires, different accessories, components, and we do this for the Philips brand, also for the Signify brands, of course, but also for some of the private brands that we uh, support. Uh, Within uh, PCC, we have three areas, you could say. Uh, The first one is where we do structural engineering. 
This is really where we do the concepts design. We create the technical specifications. We do the testing, quality assurance, and also create the assembly instructions. The second area is graphics management, where we develop the artworks. We do the two and 3D pack shots, the color reference cards, and the manual instructions that comes with the, with the packaging. And last but not least, we also source, select, and contract the vendors that support us with, for instance, artwork and, of course, with the manufacturing of uh, packaging. Uh, if we look at what type of projects we participate in, uh, we are, of course, uh, very much involved in new product introductions, which we have quite a number every year, uh, and also uh, different changes to packaging. I think uh, the Poseidon project or Zero Plastic Initiative is, uh, is a good example. But there are also, of course, other changes like difference in market communication, design changes, uh, there are also changes coming from uh, legal requirements within different countries. Sometimes there are changes to the manufacturing or sourcing blueprint changes uh, that we participate in. And of course, uh, we are also looking at cost improvement projects. On an annual basis, we process around 26,000 packaging jobs. So that's a big number. Uh, and also seem to be one that is growing year over the year. So it's a, it's a popular team. I'm sorry, Robert. I might have misheard that. It sounded like she said they process 26,000 packaging jobs a year, but that, that can't be right. That's right. 26,000 packaging changes or new packaging, whatever. And on top of that, this year, last year, they've had to redo thousands of packaging towards plastic-free. Wow. So, okay, it is 26,000 jobs. Leadership is on board, customers want it, the packaging competence center gets gets going, and then now it's done, right? Now it's simple, straightforward, there are no challenges encountered along the way, and it just... Not, no. <laughs> no, <laughs> not necessarily. <laughs> no, not no. necessarily. Okay, no, it's okay. Still, it's, it's still a very big change, huh? so any disruptive change like this, I, I would definitely call it a disruptive change comes with its resistance. So even though leadership is behind it, project managers, project leaders, definitely, there are other colleagues in our company or even on the customer side where you just mentioned, yeah, some of the customers really welcome it, others less so because any change is a change and comes with its problems or its, uh, its efforts. So it's definitely been quite some stakeholder management to get everybody on board with the fact that this is a smart move to make. No, definitely. And and uh, besides that, stakeholder management was one thing. Also, technically, it's not always a straightforward route we've taken or a solution has not always just popped up. There's the easy cases like the simple carton boxes for for simple bulbs, for lamps, simple products. But we also have quite fragile or heavy or you can think of anything uh, making it a bit extraordinary, but products that not necessarily will be happy in just a simple paper box. So our packaging computer centers, the packaging engineers there uh, really have done their utmost and best to come up with different innovative solutions to um, to make sure that we can replace the plastic buffering for example plastic 
really is a cheap shock absorbent uh, thing. If you buy something on the internet, the inside of the box is usually more plastic air cushioning or whatever than it is the product itself. Well, we've had to find ways to do exactly the same with preferably less volume and not with the plastic, but the paper. And you can't uh, simply inflate a, a paper bag and expect it to behave the same. Yeah, I can see that there's definitely a whole lot of complexities and challenges. And even if we think of the stakeholder management apart, it's, I can see what you're saying about the technical, the design challenges, the the thinking through the scenarios, there's got to be quite a lot of work done there. How How have you found overall the collaboration process with the different stakeholders, with the different teams who have to work together, who maybe have not competing priorities, but different agendas or different priorities? We do definitely indeed. Uh, some of the priorities across the teams do not align perfectly. So it's been a constant effort to keep players on the same page. And I have to say throughout the project, it's been fantastically supported by the colleagues uh, who have been working on it. Uh, everybody really wanted to get it done, do their best, but with respect to their own priorities, as you just mentioned. So that's then uh, where uh, also my role, you know, came in to keep everybody on the same page and uh, noses in the same direction. I want to pick up on one thing that you said about the packaging design, which is about trying to keep the air out of packaging, because that sounds like something else that was part of this is, yeah, we're not just going to, as you say, you know, fill up paper bags with air, but we also don't want to have huge protective boxes for small products. So can you talk a little bit about, or or maybe this is a good time to play that clip from Rowena, but can you enlighten us on the the multiple benefits of reduced size for packaging? Let's indeed first hear from Rowena what she had to say on this topic. I think uh, our first approach is to ensure you know our LD lamps uh, uh, team go first because that is the largest footprint in this case on on all the plastics you know uh, usage yeah, on the packaging and and because that has a largest volume as well right in, within the digital products division so uh, it, the team came embrace very quickly and then go straight in this case to find a solution to find a design work with PCC etc so no brainer and and I think it's, it has been beautifully implemented with the market support. Uh, of course, in that discussion, there's always a, you know, a, 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 a debate. How much cost do we involve, particularly when we have to change the shelf with our customers together, right? And therefore, you know, it is more about how do we implement with the minimal cost involved while, we have to max while we're maximizing the impact. That is the only conversation which we have. Now, when we go beyond the Atlantis team, we have, uh, we have Hue, we have Wiz, we have also, uh, of course, within the LD lamps, they also have the Luminaire side. There, you know, it is not again so much not embracing the initiative, but it's more about okay, how do we, for for example, here, how do we ensure we will continue to have the the packaging have a premium look and best protection because we have a very premium positioning of our offer. Do we have a technical solution that will allow us, particularly on the luminaire size, right? Uh, to be able to address, you know, the the 
the, uh, the, the drop test and et cetera to ensure we have delivered the out-of-box experience as well for our customers. That is the only thing that you know we, we I think we are, we, are, we are discussing within the, within the unit, not so much about pushing out or pushing back the initiative, but do we have a solution technically to help us to ensure one, to capture the, the plastic-free packaging um, sustainability initiative uh, at the same time, right, how do we ensure you know it would not become a unpleasant you know, out-of-box experience? That is only a, only thing about it. Yeah, managing to keep everyone coordinated, as you say, and keeping their noses in the same direction is is super important. And I'm sure there are probably Robert a few other key learning points that you've taken from this this process that I understand, of course, is not complete, but You've probably got some perspective on it now. Two of the biggest learnings, I think, are one, customer requirements. I think it comes obvious to anyone in uh, in business or whatever, you know, customer first. We have our customer centricity, how to say it, value, customer centricity value. But it really starts with knowing what the customer in this case we even went as far as the consumer who's not ultimately our customer but the consumers who our retailers sell to and what it is that drives them to pick a signify plastic free package rather than a competitor's package because then really these requirements can be implemented and taken on board in the very initial stages of the project once you've gone into the project and you've set or you've ta- you've taken some of the decisions like the box will be xyz big or whatever changing it a quarter or a halfway into the project is so much effort because then already so much so so many things depend on each other that if you change the one thing uh, it changes the other one like even placement of the logo a bit up and down or uh, can we add this bit of text to call out on the front of the box we had we we shortlisted i think 25 things that our marketing sales and and product teams identified to be on the front of our box 25 things eh? brand name but also wattage lamp type but like we it's this, the package was shrinking, so we couldn't fit all 25. So then we had to prioritize, etc. So really get your priorities and your requirements straight from the beginning, because a quarter in the project, it's not funny to change them anymore. So that's one. And second is a pre pre-developed solution for generic platforms. That that might be a bit of mumbo jumbo, but what I mean, there's a lot of shared components between different packagings for different types of lamps uh, like how are we going to replace a plastic bag that is around a luminaire because we we put plastic bags around almost anything to scratch for scratch protection dust protection etc and the way we did it now is was when the first when we got to the first bucket of products that was using this plastic bag we started developing the solution but Hindsight, I think that took way longer to then define the generic solution for a plastic bag replacement as where beforehand, you know, we, we, we take a bunch of high runners and see what works across them. So for all the generic elements, predetermine what you're going to 
change it for or change it with. So I actually counted three pearls of wisdom. So one was customer centricity, really know your customer and your customer's customer. And then two was prioritize beforehand. Yeah. And the third is about those, uh, the preparation of the, the generic solution that you can, like a pro forma solution that you can apply in different circumstances. Yeah. Three cool. pearls of wisdom. Well, that's, uh, I mean, you, you said you were only going to do two and then it was three. So that's a classic case of under promising and over delivering. So thank you, Robert. So last year in 2020, Signify went carbon neutral. This year, plastic free packaging. What is next in terms of sustainability for Signify? My hope is that Rowena will answer that question in the clip that you pre-selected. But for me, um, sustainability is not just a company agenda. I personally see that, you know, it is everyone's responsibility. There is sometimes, you know, uh, ideas that can come, you know, from the management team to, to promote further the thinking. So it's also position ourselves, you know, towards the external market. I'm very, very open to also receive or to hear from the uh, fellow colleagues right around the world, where can we work further to help to lift this agenda? Packaging is one and it's very obvious, but where else, right? And how can we also embrace that to continue to talk to, engage with our, our customers to bring this sustainability along? From the product itself, can we use a bit less, less plastic? Now, if you see also in the in Europe, for example, we are moving more and more towards our glass-based, you know, bulb, right? That is also another angle that you know, if we are able to mobilize more consumers towards glass-based, then you can also you know, say that you know, then you are using less plastics as well. So there's multiple area where you can we can brainstorm together, and I really encourage everyone to think along, from product design, from the engagement with our customers. From operation angle, where can we still find rooms so that we can drive this agenda forward? Robert, thanks for that wisdom and also for sharing the story of our ongoing journey to plastic-free packaging. There's a lot to consider that I think I, I myself am learning about or certainly have learned from our from our discussion. So thanks. Why don't you also, because I don't remember the names, but those lovely clips of our of our colleagues, could you uh, could you mention who they are so we can thank them for sharing? Definitely, yeah. We had uh, Rowena Lee, the leader of our division digital products. We had Elena Vives, the commercial leader for consumer products in the U.S., and Valentina Eriksson, amongst others, head of our packaging competence center. And of course, Robert, thank you to you for for bringing this story to us and for uh, your work bringing Poseidon to life and helping uh, helping us realize the plastic-free packaging dream. Absolutely my pleasure. And I uh, hope it may inspire others to reduce the use of plastic beyond also lamp and bulbs packaging, but also in, in personal life and uh, wherever possible. Laying down a challenge at right at the end, I I like it. So this is a this is for you to pick up and think of where you too can reduce your use of plastic. So thanks, Robert, sustainability champion through and through. 
All right, that is that episode done. And I'd just like to mention that I told you it was going to be a doozy, and I think it was. So there you go. I will not steer you wrong. Thanks to Robert for having that chat with me, and thanks to everyone else whose voices we heard there. And congrats to all of them on everything you've achieved thus far in your journey to Zero Plastics. And to you, the listener, you heard your challenge. How can you reduce plastic in your own life? Think of some ways, take action. You'll feel better for it, and the earth will feel better for it. So there you go. Speaking of Signify is executive produced and hosted by me, Ryan Miller. The production team includes Iman Faruqi, Martin Kottmeyer, and Fanny Kovacs. We get production assistance and wise counsel from Lloydie James Lloyd and Jonathan Gruber. The music is by Sasha Hudemacher. So that's the end of this episode of Speaking of Signify. We'll be back soon with another one when we once again will be speaking of signifying.